Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Man Baggage. This is the safe space or unsafe, depending on who you are, area where I empty my man baggage of insights into your ears and the sticky insights stay somewhere in your brain, hopefully. We cover all manner of subjects. Yes, we're in the area of getting blokes to talk. By the way, do check in with each other, lads. We're post-COVID now. I'm guessing men are worse, not better, at checking in each other because we've discovered the WhatsApp message as a holdall. Dave split up with his wife. I wonder if he's suicidal. I'll just send a picture of a goat being wanked off and a smiley face. That's that problem dealt with. It's not, actually. Maybe give him a phone or pop round for a beer. If someone doesn't want to check in, do you know what you do then? It's quite simple. Check in again. Every single man I know has to be checked in two, three, four, five times before you even get close to what's bugging him. That's my tip of the day. So that's the area we're in. Don't switch off. We're not heavy. There's no cardigans. There's no biscuit dipping. No one's going to stand up in a circle and talk about self-harming. All of those things are at the edge of what we're talking about. We're using banter and humour. That's what I do for a night job. I say cock into a microphone and get paid. So I like to bring humour together with some of these subjects that are not easy to talk about because you just don't see it. It's a lot of chin stroking and seriousness. And sometimes, particularly with me, if something's heavy is going on, chin stroking doesn't help me. It makes me close up more. It's not for everyone, that approach, but it's definitely for most blokes I know. Fucking welcome, lads. So I'm jumping into the head of a fellow comedian this week. Now, obviously, back in the real world, pre-Bat Sandwich, I'd have two or three blokes and I'd be going into their heads. So the pressure is on comedian Travis Jay. I only have one male head to analyse today. And you've got a show to plug as well, haven't you? Yes, that's right, yeah. So November 12th, my headline show, Travis Jay Live at the Bloomsbury Theatre, I cannot wait for the show, bro. Like, you know when you've got, like, a show ready in the tuck? Like, I've just been perfecting this material for, like, most of lockdown, and I just, I'm itching to go. So get your tickets, people. Get to the Bloomsbury Theatre website and get your tickets now. I feel like we worked together really recently on something, and I can't remember yeah. what it was. Was it stand-up? It wasn't stand-up, stand-up sketch show, was it? Yeah. Right, great. So if you want to see that, and um, I'm in it as well, it's ITV2. It's where people like Travis and myself do stand-up on stage, but then it intercuts with a sketch realisation of what we're talking about. So you see the sketch we brought to life. But the twist is, we're in our own sketches, miming the words yeah. that we spoke in front of a live audience. <laughs> so it's a genre mashup. So catch Travis in that's ITV2. That's coming out later in the year. Normally it comes on around January, that. And we couldn't just have blokes talking to each other because, sadly, men drift into sexist generalisations and, well, you know what birds think. Well, actually, turns out we don't most of the time, which is why I get trolled to death on Twitter every single week one of these comes out. So I always need a female auditor, a strong presence to make sure we're not chatting shy, as my wife would say. And this week I'm joined by Kaleche Okafor. Welcome, Hi. podcaster extraordinaire. What are you working on at the moment? Tell us where we can find you. Oh, you can find me on at Kolechnikov, always tweeting up a storm and on Instagram stories. I live on Instagram stories, really, just talking about current affairs and pop culture and just effing and blinding. Are you telling me that your Instagram handle is Kolechnikov, like the Russian rifle? Exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. i tell you what, if you was my missus, I'd be getting in from the pub on time. <laughs> 
What's your missus' nickname? Kalashnikov. You better leave, Dave. <laughs> Put the pint down and fuck off. Okay, it's funny we should talk about Kalashnikovs and uh, fierce energy because that's what I want to talk about today and all the stereotypes that come with fierce energy. Confrontation. Now, confrontation is a tricky subject and confrontation is something that has been in decline and rising in the last two years. It's been in decline in that we haven't been face to face enough to sort things out and get words out there. And it's been an acceleration as I feel like confrontation with strangers has increased when you see someone not in a mask or pushing their trolley the wrong yeah. way around a supermarket. Incidentally, I'm not prejudiced against any group of people, but if you are of able and sound mind and you travel the different way to an arrow and scare an old lady in a supermarket, out of the food chain, please. But anyway, <laughs> that's a perfect example of when confrontation happens. Cue jumping at a supermarket. But what is confrontation? Well, I looked it up and it says a hostile or argumentative situation or meeting between two opposing parties. Not as simple as it might sound because that's the definition we expected, but it can also mean confronting something that needs confronting a fear, a phobia, an infidelity. You're sometimes confronting things within yourself. So we'll get onto mm. all those nuances later, but I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to start Kolechnikov with the yes. most difficult question of all. Are men more confrontational than women or less? I know what I think. Oh, I think that, I think that men are societally asked to be more confrontational because that's part of like, quote unquote, masculinity, isn't it? Like, oh, if you've got a problem, just say it. But I don't actually know if men do say it. Whereas women, they're told to like, be nice. Yeah, you know, and I always say that I'm not nice. Like, I'm kind, but I'm not nice. So I think amongst each other... <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine that. It's like, come in for some hot soup. I will punch you in the face. Now, save up for a house. How's the soup? Kind but not nice. It's hard to get your hand in it. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like women are confrontational amongst each other. Men, I don't, yeah, I think they're asked to be, but they're not really. Yeah, I'm, really. I mean, Travis, that's, I've asked around, there's the females mm. in my family are all next door mm. drinking tea in their cauldron, uh, cups. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the overwhelming opinion of all the females, aunties, daughters, cousins in my family is that men are less confrontational. Save it, mm. save it, don't say it. And then it erupts in something verbally or physically violent at the end. Whereas more women, not all, obviously, are more like mm. to be, excuse me, better out than in, going to tell That's you how right. I feel. I will tell you how I feel. I'm sorry, why be fake, blah, blah, blah. Whereas a man, very head, very head, very head, uppercut. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. Because it's like, I think men know the price of like confrontation between men is almost always violence. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they kind of leave that to be the last resort. So it's like, look, if I just say, ignore it, if I just manage it, once it gets to that line, that's when it's like, bruv, we done. And it's rarely ever the type of confrontation that could ever end peacefully. Whereas I think women are good at confronting with uh, at the early stage where it is resolvable still. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the, the type, the, probably the one dynamic where I say women are more confrontational is if you go out to eat and somehow they've messed up your order oh, as her boyfriend. Mate, we, oh did, my we, did complain, we did complaining last week and complaining <laughs> leads to confronting. Listen, That's as a violent. man, I'm hungry. So when this food comes, I'm like, you know what? Cool. It's not the chicken. It's the steak. I'll roll with it. Nah, bruv. My girlfriend is never having it. Also, Travis, admit it. You're a spineless, cowardly man. You don't want to complain and make a scene. <laughs> Admit. It's time to admit that shit. I'll admit yeah, it. just a little bit. <laughs> but my partner's so different because he confronts people all the time. Taxi drivers, or even if we like, he's the kind of person like if the order is wrong, 
No, he was like, excuse really? me, excuse me, in a Polish accent. Like, come and take this back <laughs> right now. See, my thing is, if it's affecting both of us, me and my girlfriend, I'm making a big deal out of it. But if it's yeah. just me, I'm such a laid back individual. I'm Leave like, it you know alone. What? It's no but big deal. Lindsay always gets involved on my behalf. They're treating you like, <laughs> they're treating you like shit, Russell. Yeah. They're taking the piss out of you. They've sent the chicken and not the steak. You're spending a lot of money. It doesn't matter, Liz. It does fucking matter. It's the principle. And she's like, yes. Oh, that's my wow. favourite it's the principle it's the Literally. principle of it all that's my favourite line uh, so Kel seeing as I'm from Essex that's now your name and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kel Kel and Trav is just too tempting somebody from a 76 <laughs> right, right. Um, but Kel it, it's I, I noticed you just dropped the word Polish in there so is there a cult I wasn't going to go so early with the cultural element in fact I wanted to finish mm-hmm. on that but let's go there mm-hmm. so you're fella is polish is he yeah so yeah. i do wonder if there's a cultural element if you've grown up on these islands particularly if you've grown up in the english part of these islands mm-hmm. repression is turned up to 10 particularly in men mm-hmm. so maybe it's different if you're a polish man yeah but then he's got like um his brothers and they're not like that at all like they're just so calm i feel like sometimes it is the individual i'm a woo woo chick so i love astrology and tarot and all of those things there and i feel like it does come down a lot of times to individual energy like i'm ruled by mars and my chart so i'm always warring i i wake up ready so i feel like he's very similar in that way as well how did you ever pull how imagine that on the first day just to warn you i'm under mars i'm always warring and my nickname's krashnikov i'll have the dough balls please <laughs> i love the way you just casually that. said i'm ruled by mars like <laughs> you know what i mean what <laughs> balance balance <laughs> It's a tricky subject. I mean, culturally, there are some stereotypes around women, aren't there? Mm. Uh, Particularly women from different backgrounds. There's a stereotype, for example, for our listeners' benefit, um, they might not know what backgrounds we're all from, but I'm Mm going to ask you this, Kalechi. It's not a loaded question, but this is a friend of mine. She's spoken about it, another comedian, the sort of fierce black woman stereotype. That must cause you to question when you want to be confrontational. I know we're going heavy early, listeners. Don't panic. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll do U-turn in a sec. We'll wheel it back. No, that's actually my remit. The angry black woman trope is one that I've been writing about recently. I feel like a lot of black women need to reclaim that narrative because it's kind of used against us in society, so we don't do it. So a lot of black women can be vexed and they're not going to show it because they don't want that. Like, they can just... There could be something that they do need to speak up about, especially in the workplace, and Mm -hmm. they want to say something, and in the next minute, your colleague's crying and all you said was could you not put the tea bag on the left could you just maybe put it back or maybe not eat my food in the fridge and once everyone's crying then you're the angry aggressive black Mm -hmm. woman but actually there is so much historically to be angry about so Mm -hmm. I say lean into it which is what has helped my platform grow and why I chose the name Kalashnikov because you know as Kalashnikov um because to me it's just like I'm angry I have every reason to be but that doesn't mean I'm not funny as fuck that doesn't mean I'm not like joyful and peaceful Mm -hmm. but if anybody wants it they can definitely get it um and (laughs) your energy is the best it it starts getting really sensitive and soft it's like yeah i'm really nice but you know i'm on smoke as well so the gun stays tucked don't play with me (laughs) there might be someone called like darren in leeds listening to this going right so what's that mean for me well it means the same thing darren from leeds lean into what you're given what a brilliant fucking bit of insight you could be a shy ginger bloke from aberdeen or an Italian man living in Plymouth, 
you cannot change the hand you've been given by class, ethnicity, whatever, whichever way you want mm -hmm. to look at it. Mm -hmm. So why not lean in? You get it all the time with class. Just honestly, the way I sound, for example, when I was growing up, no one from my road went to university. No one from my postcode got an A-level, let alone. Soon as you try and say an intelligent sentence with my accent, people think it's not really intelligent sentence. You're just doing like a Russell Brand. You've learned a long word and want to show it off. They hear the Essex sound and they can't yeah. believe it's genuinely your thoughts. So the stereotype mm. there based on the sound of my voice. Funnily mm. enough, Lindsay, my wife, Travis, she's northern. And I think they get a milder version of it. You know, if you're a northern woman and you're complaining, you're an angry... You're an angry northerner. Yeah. Who's, yeah. Oh, look, person from Liverpool or Manchester who can't contain the temper. There's a stereotype there. And again, if you really want to unpack this, Trevor, you could say there's a lot to be angry about. All of the wealth of the country's stuffed in London. No, that's true. <laughs> so, Trevor, what do you think of all these stereotypes around culture and confrontation? You know what's funny, right? It's like, I, I'm, I'm aware of these. As a black man, I, you know, I've kind of carried this for a long time. You know what I mean? You, you put on your hood because it's raining and now all of a sudden you're just a gangster, like straight out the <laughs> gate. There's no... Do you know what I mean? So I've, I'm used Just to Just so there's that. no white ledge laughing. It's probably Travis's spectacles. That <laughs> so I'm going to come up to you and I'm going to tell you my favourite prime numbers. You better be scared, bitch. <laughs> Geeky gangster, bro. I ain't playing. <laughs> no, I'm going to attack you. Let me just roll my 20-sided dice. <laughs> Right before I fix this Rubik's Cube, it's all the <laughs> No, no, but it's what you're saying serious. And it's every type of person listening to this will have their version of that. Facts. Do you know what I mean? So you, you deal with these little microaggressions. But what's funny about this is that I've never really kind of cared about the stereotypes. I've always just been like, listen, you can think what you want. I'm just going to do what I'm doing. But I think my pressure kind of has always kind of been from my, my dad and my perception of my dad. Because I always looked up to my dad. And my dad grew up in around Essex, like East London, racist times years ago. So I've grown up hearing his stories of how he dealt with people coming up to him on the street and him having to be in so many physical situations. So because I've always kind of seen my dad as the type of man I want to be, if I find myself in a situation, it's almost like an undercurrent of my dad wouldn't accept this. Mm. So I can't allow myself to accept this. So that is tends to be what makes me go, this, that's the line right there. Mm -hmm. So that pressure has not really been like a stereotype or I've tried to avoid being the angry black dude. I kind of don't really care. Like, I've, even when I was at work, working in a professional space, I never adopted the work voice. Like, I take the piss out of it. But I'm like, no. Nah. No, nah, delete that, man. I was like, oh that's God. too much. <laughs> it's like being two people. But don't you think your life also would have been different if you had a posh voice? Don't you think posh people are allowed to get angrier? They are. I'm sure yeah. the police come a bit faster when they phone as well. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me, there's a break-in. <laughs> <laughs> so talk, we're talking about things that are uh, prejudicial or inborn, but is confrontation inborn? I mean, you look at, I'm a parent. I don't know who amongst us are parents. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember when my baby first sat up five months old and in a circle with other babies, you could already see the Muhammad Ali's and, and the Mahatma Gandhi's and the Buddha's. It was, <laughs> it was evident. 
my daughter, my daughter was gonna be someone that did not take shit, even at five months. The way she moved the rattle, or, they just you. The way she moved her rattle. No, if you, like, you go to take a toy off her, and she's like, eh, compared to the other baby with a string of jewel, like whatever you think, mummy, like being more placid. <laughs> Because of the time we live in, Kalechi, there's everything you're saying is true, but we tend to lay culture and identity on everything, like mm. every single <laughs> fucking thing. And who can mm. blame us? We live in a time of really interesting, exciting cultural conversations, but some shit must be inborn, surely. It's a mixture of nature. Oh, some people are born confrontational. Well, I don't know. I think that if we're talking about just as humans, there is your fight or flight mechanism. And for some people, it's stronger. Some people, it's not. But I think that that, again, comes down to the individual. Because my mum, for instance, doesn't like confrontation. But she knows that I've got enough smoke for anybody who wants it. So she will now. So I remember from when I was younger, like there was a neighbour that had a dog. And we lived in Peckham. And there was this neighbour that had a dog. And then my mum would be coming back from work. And then she'd call my mobile and be like, Kilichi. Kelechi, come outside. He, John, John, the dog is outside again. Come and see. Come and tell him to come and move this fucking dog. So she wouldn't do it. She would just wait at the car park. Didn't know you grew up in Glasgow. Door. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that joke, that joke won't age well. Apologies to people listening in 2035. Feel free to cancel me. So I'd have to come outside and shout oh at this guy, or not even shout at him, but really tell him, like, John, can you move your dog so my mum yeah. can come through the gate? Right. But, um, but what I'm getting to is, it was that, were you always going to be a feisty person? Whether you'd been born here, Glasgow, Lagos, Lagos Delhi, wherever yeah. you've been born, would you have had this disposition? Astrologically, I think so. <laughs> She's ruled by Mars, bro. <laughs> what about? It's my ruling sign. It's my ruling planet. Do you know what? Just to follow back on that, yeah. So me and my brother, we have completely different temperaments. I'm as laid back as they come. My brother, absolutely on smoke, full time. <laughs> like he's made this thing a profession. Like it's mad at times. But like I look at that, and sometimes I look at him, and I'm like. How comes we grew up in the same house in the, with the same parents yeah, and I've never liked this? Shows it's inborn. Yeah, definitely. So I want to ask you this, Trav. How can you confront things but keep that chilled, relaxed air? Because that's what many of us, mm. uh, I mean, I, I must have Mars bars running in my blood from what you've just said. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just full of it. I'm like a pepperami. How I perform live is how, how I am in live, racing around. Yeah. Not confrontational. Because I can't do gentle confrontation, so I'd rather do the ostrich. Are you good at, and this would be some practical stuff for anyone listening to this, good at doing confrontation in a chilled way, but not yeah. one that demeans or takes the strength out of your argument? Yeah. Do you know what? I am. And I think because I've been in so many high intense moments in my life, various different experiences, you kind of get used to being able to get your point across and navigate without allowing this thing to tip over the edge. And I think what kind of, you know, gives me that confidence is that I've boxed for 10 years and there's a discipline right. that comes with martial arts. When I look back to who I was before, like getting into boxing, I'd probably say there was an insecurity that led to most of my fights because there's a part of me that wants to be like, what, you think I'm a dickhead? I'm going to show you right now and everyone who's watching that I'm definitely not a dickhead. <laughs> Let me just get my gloves on. I've been knocked out. Let's get it cracking. I've been training. Let me show you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's what leads to it. Whereas if you kind of know, like I'm around a lot of boxers nowadays, I've got a boxing podcast and we get invited to big fights. So, you know, you see people like Derek Chisora and, you know, Joe Joyce, six foot six monsters walking around, very calm individuals. Hmm. So it's like, these are high professional, violent people and they know how to be calm. 
So it's like, there's a level of confidence that comes with like, I know what I could do should this get there, but we don't want to get to that. So for me now, I look at it like, if I get into a fight, you hear anywhere that Travis J got into a beef, I failed as a, as a man <laughs> in that moment. So, so it's interesting what you're saying, Jones, because there'd be a lot of, I think one of the main things that men struggle with after the depression and not sharing and the suicide rate things that we know are uniquely male things, because the statistics yeah. sadly back me up on that, is anger management. Yes. A lot of ladies uh, and men living with men who put holes in the wall because they can't find the van keys, for example. I mean, that yeah. could be a, quite a practical thing to try boxing training if you've never tried it absolutely that's, that's something you could do even on youtube get a bag or something it doesn't need to be an expensive thing that's a practical thing you could do straight away some of us were born with too much energy for our frame i'm pointing at myself yeah. here listening <laughs> i've just i've got the testosterone of five bouncers i'm like mo farrot on amphetamine you're not getting in mate <laughs> no but it's, it's you need that a valve and that's a healthy way to do it it's great exercise good so let's talk about the other way we can confront things say confronting a deadline or confronting you know like a messy room that needs time to confront the messy room do mm. you think Alecha, there may be a link between those of us who are quite sort of energetic and fierce when confronting things and our ability to confront our ambitions and interpersonal problems i.e you and I are probably more likely to be on it with a deadline than Travis. Mm. I, have no, I don't know if this is going to be the case. <laughs> I have not checked. But I'm wondering if there's a li I wonder if the price you pay for having mm. the chilled, not be confrontational is you're less good at confronting deadlines, messy room, whatever it might be. What do you think? Mm. I think that's really interesting. So for me, yeah, but I'm a major procrastinator. If I've got a deadline, ah, that, that is when I'm baking. Oh, my God, I will bake you the nicest cake. I'll cook the most amazing meal when I know that I've got a deadline. But the thing is, what I'm doing in my mind is I'm writing the thing. Like, I don't take so a plan. Yeah, so I'm working in the back of my mind. It's just allowing me to focus on something else. But I always meet my deadlines. I mean, I had um, something to hand in for a book, and I did it, like, five weeks ahead because I don't like the idea of somebody being able to speak to me like a dickhead and being able to message me and say, I'm Kalechi, just letting you know, um, we're kind of waiting on you on this, just circling yeah. back. Don't ever circle back no, to no, me. It's in, circle, it's in reception, bitch. It's in reception. Don't circle back to me. It's so it. I like to handle my things in the head. I submitted it five days ago. By the way, would you like some banana bread, bitch? <laughs> As previously exactly. stated. <laughs> exactly my energy. I avoid conflict. I avoid confrontation by doing the things that I need to do so nobody needs to talk to me like I'm a dickhead. So I do get things done. All right, we're going to take a break there. We'll be back with part two of this special discussion on confrontation. Please stop doing that hand signal, Kaleche. We need to, we have to take a break. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 